Welcome to the We Believe in Florida Citrus podcast, brought to you by Florida Grower Magazine. The We Believe in Florida Citrus initiative shines a light on the positive work taking place to build a sustainable future for the state's signature crop. Each episode of this podcast will bring you insights and expertise from key players in the citrus industry. Now, here's Florida Grower Editor Frank Giles with this episode's interview. Welcome to the We Believe in Florida Citrus Podcast. We've got a special guest today, Tamara Wood, with the uh, Citrus Research and Field Trials Program. That's also known as CRAFT. I, I bet a lot of people know CRAFT better than the uh, full name. Welcome, Tamara. Thank you, Frank. Thanks for having me. Great, great. Well, before we jump into the program, just catch us up to speed with you, uh, what's happening with you. I know you were a familiar face over at Florida Citrus Mutual. And now you've take, recently taken this role. Just tell us a little bit about what's happening. Sure, lots of good things are happening. Um, like you said, I've worked with Florida Citrus Mutual for quite a while now. I actually came to work with them straight out of college about 17 years ago, and I've been a part of their communications team in some form ever since then. Um, most people know me as the name on their triangle or the one with the camera at the conference down in Bonita Springs. But a couple of years ago, I was approached and asked if along with my work at Mutual, I would be willing to help out with a new program that was trying to get off the ground to help look at ways to fight greening and get new trees in the ground. And obviously I said, yes. Um, so I've spent the last two years serving as the assistant program manager of Craft, alongside the original executive director, Kristen Carlson. And we worked with the board and technical working group to get the program up and running. And when Kristen decided to retire a couple of months ago at the end of July, the board offered me the opportunity to step up and serve as the executive director. And so that's how we ended up here today. Well, good deal. Well, congratulations on that. I think, you know, probably a lot of growers have heard about craft or read about it somewhere, but I bet there's some, some still out there that are not that familiar with the program. Just give us a brief description of what the program is and some of its goals. Sure. Well, the short answer is that CRAFT is a grower-driven field trial and demonstration program. The little bit longer answer is that we're a next step or a new approach to the fight against screening. You know, for the last decade and a half, this industry has invested countless hours and, and at the risk of sounding cliche, blood, sweat, and tears to stand steadfast in the face of greening. And our growers, along with supporters and partners at the state and federal levels and Research organizations like CRDF and private entities have all spent millions of dollars in an effort to find a cure for green And You know, we haven't found that silver bullet yet. And I mean, I think, let's be honest, there's a good chance we're not going to find a silver bullet, but we have found a number of treatments and strategies that have shown promise. And so for all the promise they've shown in the lab, we still don't necessarily know how effective or economically feasible they'll be in the real world. And so that's where craft is coming in. We're partnering with the growers to take these research-backed ideas into the groves and to evaluate them in a variety of settings. Um, the process starts with growers submitting an application. We have both solid set and new uh, reset projects. And in their application, the growers tell us what factor or treatment they're interested in looking at. And then they work with our technical working group to fine tune a design that allows us to collect scientifically viable data. 
So we aren't telling the growers how to grow their trees. They know how to do that. We're just helping make sure that the projects are set up and executed in a way that we can pinpoint what's working and what isn't. And so far, we have projects that fall into five main research groups. We have rootstock scion trials, nutrition trials, pest management, biostimulants, and then the reset projects that I mentioned. And but where craft really stands apart from a lot of other research programs is in what comes after the groves are planted. So in exchange for a participation payment to the growers, Kraft is able to collect and compile comprehensive records on each project for a total of six years. And all of that data is entered into one centralized data portal that was developed specifically for Kraft by an amazing team at the USDA ARS out in Colorado. And the really neat thing is that this portal and the data in it will be available to anyone. The growers that are in the program, growers who are not in the program, researchers, anyone who's interested in looking at what we're doing will be able to go online and see these projects. They'll be able to see what's working, what's not working. Uh, they'll be able to sort by regions and rootstocks and factors and look at different conditions and what the cost of all of these factors are. And so, you know, we get all of that data from three main sources. The growers who are taking part in craft are responsible for entering their production data on a quarterly basis, as long as well as their overall cost on an annual basis. And then we've also partnered with Aerobotics, who uses drones to map the projects to help us monitor tree health. And then also we've partnered with FDAX and DPI to collect nutrition and PCR samples from each block and to conduct other surveys as needed. And all of that information is put into this data portal and made accessible to anyone who's interested. So a pretty extensive, extensive collection of information there. You know, we've gone through two cycles now and, you know, first tell, tell us what a cycle is and how many acres have been planted because of the, of, of these cycles. Sure. Our cycles are based on our funding. And we're very fortunate that we have immense support at both the state and federal level for craft, thanks to champions like Commissioner Freed and Senators Albritton and Simpson at the state level, and then the USDA Deputy Administrator Osama Alissi at the federal level. We've received funding over the last three years to implement these projects and create the data portal. And we obviously wouldn't have been able to do it without their support. And so we are extremely grateful to each of them. Um, in cycles one and two, we have planted or contracted to plant nearly 4,600 acres of new trees under more than 100 projects. And so these projects span 15 counties, going from Lake County to Lee County and from coast to coast, covering all of Florida's major citrus growing regions. Um, all of the cycle one projects are in the ground and fully planted, and the cycle two projects are in progress right now. They'll all be planted by the end of December of this year. Very good. And I know we're in the uh, cycle three process now. Um, you give us a timeline of that process, and I know there's some discussion about factors of interest. Uh, just tell us a little bit about that as well. We recently submitted a proposal in response to CRDF's request for large-scale field trials. Um, and that was related to the $5 million that was allocated by the state this year. And the CRDF Board of Directors approved our proposal for the full $5 million to fund a cycle three at their August 18th meeting. So after we received the approval for the funding, 
we opened our online application for growers on our website, which is craftfdn.org on August 24th. And growers will have until October 22nd to apply to participate in cycle three. Once that window closes for applications, then the technical working group will start reaching out to growers to work on project designs. And then the board will begin approving projects in November or probably December with all of those being fully executed contract-wise by next June. So there's, um, there's more details and explanation of the timeline and process on our website as well. And then you mentioned factors of interest. So each cycle, the board of directors and technical working group sit down and they come up with a list of factors of interest. This list isn't, it's not an exclusive list. It's not all inclusive. You know, we encourage growers to bring us any idea that they think is worth looking at, but the factors on this list are ones that might receive a little bit of preference during the review process because they fill a specific need in the overall scope of the program. And probably the biggest factor of interest for cycle three is early and mid-season orange varieties. You know, cycles one and two saw a lot of Valencia and Vernia plantings. And knowing that if we want our industry to remain sustainable, we have to find a way to effectively produce earlier varieties. The board is offering an incentive payment this cycle of an additional $1,000 per acre on top of the base participation payment for solid set early orange variety projects. Um, there are some other factors of interest for cycle three, things like cover crops, peptides, brass and steroids. Um, they're looking at the economic analysis of phased replantings. There, there's a handful of different things and just like the timeline and process for participation, there's also the full list of factors of interest available on the craft website. Good deal. I know it's early in the process, but have you seen any interesting observations yet, either in the varieties and rootstocks or production practices in the trees that are already in the ground? It is still early. Uh, some of our technical working group leaders have had some conversations with growers about what they're seeing so far. Um, for instance, Dr. Jim Graham, who leads our nutrition group, has had a couple of growers who are doing fertilizer nutrition projects reach out to him asking if they can make some adjustments because the trees weren't thriving under their original plan. But at the same time, he's hearing from growers in other regions that are using the same plan who are seeing great results. So right now, what we're seeing is all anecdotal. Um, but now that the cycle one trees have been in the ground for a year or so, I know we'll start seeing and hearing more. And as we continue to collect more and more data, we'll be able, better able to analyze the hows and whys of what we're seeing. Very good, very good. Um, say I'm a grower and I'm interested in this program, what do I need to do? If you're a grower and you're interested in the craft program, head to our website and apply. Um, large growers, small growers, medium-sized growers, I encourage everyone who's interested to apply. And actually one of the requirements for our funding this cycle is that 50% of the funding go to large growers um, who have 2,500 acres or more and 50% go to small growers who have between five and 2,499 acres. And so we typically have a 20 acre minimum project size, but to help make it a little bit easier for the small growers this cycle, the board will be considering projects smaller than that on a case by case basis. 
Um, the best place to start if you want to apply is on the website. There's a link on the homepage to the cycle three application along with an application worksheet and the factors of interest list. The application worksheet is, is really a great first step. It lays out exactly how the program works, everything you'll need to apply. You need to have things gathered up like your parcel ID number, your tax ID, your BMP number. And so the process will just go a lot smoother and faster if you check that out first. And then of course, if you have questions and you can't find the answers to them on our website, folks are always welcome to call or email me. My contact information's all on the website. And um, I try to answer anytime a call comes in, but if I don't get to you, just leave me a message and I'll call back as soon as I can. Awesome, awesome. Well, I think we can wrap up here. Uh, since this is the We Believe in Florida Citrus podcast, we always like to close with asking our guests, do you believe in Florida Citrus? I do believe in Florida Citrus. I believe that for the fifth and sixth and in some cases, seventh generation growers, this isn't a job. It's their heritage. It's their way of life. And I believe that for the newcomers, the guys who have just gotten into it, it's not on a whim or a lark. It's because they have a passion for it. You don't get in this industry or stay in it for the money or the accolades. You get into it because it's in your blood, because you have a passion for what you're doing, because you believe in the goodness of the product we're producing. And, and I believe that together we'll find a way, like I said earlier, maybe not a cure for greening, but a way to preserve that heritage and to foster that passion and a way to continue producing the product that we're all so proud of. And so, yes. I do believe in Florida Citrus, and, and I'm very proud to be a small part of it. Very good. Maybe Kraft will be part of that journey as this information comes in. Tamara, thanks for joining us today. I uh, appreciate you being here. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate the chance.